The views and opinions expressed by guests on Connected do not necessarily reflect those of Side Street Studio Arts. Episodes may contain adult language. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Connected. This is the podcast from Side Street Studio Arts, where we have conversations with members of the arts community. I am Erin Rayberg, founder and executive director of Side Street Studio Arts, and joining me this week for some nepotism is my my family. (laughs) Who are you two people? Can you introduce yourselves for me? Um, Well, first of all, yay, nepotism. My fave. <laughs> and uh, my name is uh, Melva Marie Rayberg Schultz Swigart. <laughs> names for you. And uh, yes, I'm Aaron's aunt and uh, I live in Mesa, Arizona. And I have spent pretty much of my life as a vocal musician. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. um, this guy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Melma Marie uh, <laughs> Rayberg Schultz, Swigert's husband, Bob <laughs> um, Bobby and Mel. <laughs> yes, uh, and uh, I'm new to the nepotism here, uh, fairly new. Uh, <laughs> Mel and I have just been married about a year and a half, but um, we're here in Mesa, Arizona. We, we both spent a lot of time in Elgin. Uh, Mel grew up in Elgin. It's my hometown. And I was a musician there, spent uh, quite a bit of time there, lived there for quite a while, right next to where Side Street is, in the apartment building right next to it uh, for years. Um, Somewhat serendipitous somehow, I guess. (laughs) Of course, of course. Well, so uh, to me, they are Bobby and Aunt Mimi. That is how I would introduce them. Um, And just for the record, hanging on the wall behind them is a beautiful piece of artwork by Carl Janke, who um, also runs in the side street circles himself. So. We have a mini janky gallery here because he's so amazing. So <laughs> buy more art. Okay. That's- yes. they, all, they all have my initials written on the back for, God forbid, something horrible happened. But <laughs> things happen. <laughs> happen. We're pretty ancient at this point. So yeah, plan ahead. Um, so, yeah, I want to bounce back to those Elgin stories. Um Aunt Mimi, what's your Elgin story? What do you have to do with Elgin and what does Elgin have to do with you? Okay, well, I, I grew up in Elgin um, and I, when I was younger, like high school days, I didn't really, I was very shy about my singing. And so um, there were a few places that I would go, but I did not play out at all. In fact, nobody ever heard me sing. And then, uh, but there were some places like a coffee house, the colloquy, um, there were a couple others that we were trying to think of today. The lottery. And there's a lot of music. Um, oh, yeah. Grocery store club, the warehouse, that all these things are not there anymore. But um, there was a big jazz scene that Bob was. Bob's one of those rare birds that has made his living as a musician, his entire living. He did not have a plan B like the rest of us. <laughs> you know, he had plan A. I could not figure out how to put a parachute on. Um <laughs> But um, so when I turned um, like 20 or 21, I was like, all right, 
I'm getting really old now. I have to do something <laughs> about this singing thing. Literally, that's what I thought. And so there was a paper that I don't know, probably not anymore, but back then there'd be all these free like college papers. And there was one called the Illinois Entertainer. Oh, it's still there. And in the back of that, you could put <laughs> free ads. So I put an ad in it that said, girl singer, no experience. <laughs> Please hire me or something, you know. And lo and behold, someone, a man named Bob Johnson called me and I went out and auditioned out someplace in Sycamore. And uh, I was awful. I looked like a little banker. And <laughs> so inappropriately dressed. And for some reason, they hired me. And I, the reason was that the girl they had was just awful. And so I was like, better than her. Slightly less awful. God. Slightly less awful than I was. Uh, but what the heck, you know? And so then that kind of started it all. And we played a lot of places in DeKalb and Sycamore, that area. And then grocery store club you know we were always sniffing around those elgin bars too because there was a lot of and then we had a lot of friends there after a time i also then i worked at the village squire so i met a lot of people there and that's where a lot of my musical contacts have come from um and that's thanks to jeff grocer who was one of those people at the squire and jeff grocer was the whole reason that bobby and i ever met back in like 1982 um yeah okay and yeah, the anniversary of that is like yes. this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> However many years April of 1982 was. 39. <laughs> that was when we met. So, yeah. But Bob's, Bob's story is a little bit different than that. A little different. Uh, in some ways similar, though. Um, when I moved up, from, I, I had originally from the south side of Chicago, uh, south suburbs, Park Forest, Homewood, places like that. And I was playing some music down there, um, you know, just with friends, not actually playing out much. A little bit here and there, sock hops with bands. But when we moved up here in 69, up here. <laughs> there. Up here, my here. Yes, you are. up by, over by you. <laughs> right <here>. uh, <laughs> um, I didn't know anybody. Uh, I went to the music store in Dundee, Paul Gary's. Um, and we lived in Dundee and I just, Said I was looking for a job, and he hired me as a guitar teacher. But he also put a I, I put an ad in the uh, the Herald. Was it the Herald at that time? Maybe the Courier. Courier, Courier, <laughs> um, Elgin Courier. Uh, no, I answered an ad. I saw one in there. A guy was a songwriter was looking for um, uh, a band, a guitar player for his band, and I called him and I went over there and this guy named Gary Nelson. He lived right over. He was on the. Uh, uh, the east side, right across the street from B Villa. Um, and uh, we, uh, through him, the two other guys in the band I met, we started a couple of bands that we just started playing everywhere. And that was that was a rock scene, pretty much. But uh, through knowing the people in Elgin, I got to know uh, one person by the name of uh, uh, Gordon James, uh, who actually was into jazz quite a bit. Um, and we used to, um, his folks were heavily involved in the Unitarian Church right there at the top of the hill by you. Um, is that still there? Is that still the church? I don't, I, that might be the one that's closed. I mean, we're surround, we're in church land, you know, we're surrounded, right. but, but right up there, I can't remember which ones are open. There's a couple closed ones. And I I'm- think that one did close. I think that actually moved to, uh, McHenry, I, cause I played at that one, um, with another band but uh but anyway uh gordon james uh, we would 
we would do jazz concerts at that church, uh, usually on Sunday afternoons, at least once a month. And there was a really thriving jazz scene. Uh, Andre Caparasso, a good friend of mine, um, uh, we actually shared that apartment by Side Street. Um, he was he was quite the jazzer, yeah. a lot of original things. Well, he and had, you knew, like, Paul Wurtico. Paul Wurtico, who went on to, oh my gosh. Play with, yeah. do you play with? Pat Metheny. Yeah. 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 Paul yeah. Wurtico is a world-renowned drummer. He's, he lived in Elgin. He was actually from Cary, but he lived in Elgin for a long time. So there was a lot happening there. Uh, Dave Vandalander, Pete Swenson. Yeah. A lot of guys that are still, yeah. some of them are still in the area, and they're all still playing. I mean, they're all incredibly talented oh, musicians yes. and writers and <sighs> vocalists. Um, <laughs> Andre Caparazzo went on to do sound in L.A. for, uh, I think he actually won a um, won an award for doing sound on um, uh, Cheers. Oh, yeah. Wow. So he, he got into that groove. See, kids, you can make it from That's Elton. right. There's someone, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of kids, you both kind of jumped to the ad in the paper place. But Aunt Mimi, did, were you just singing around the house or did you have any tra training? And Bobby, same, self-taught? Or how did you get into music as something you were doing, not just watching in the first place? Mm. I, I think for me, I, I never took any vocal lessons. I never was, even, I was in college, I was in a choir, you know, big choir. And I took a couple class, like I took a sightseeing ear training class at ECC um, when I was, I think I was already out singing though. My training was more, came from listening to albums and learning from Joni Mitchell and Bonnie Raitt and all these incredible you know, singer-songwriter, Carol King and James Taylor and things like that. These people are still like viable humans, you know, <laughs> I mean, and still creating, you know, to this day. But yeah, it's just, you know, when you're that age and you have that kind of time. I had, uh, I had a basement apartment uh, in my parents' home that Aaron and yeah having that you know there's piano down there and my friends would always be over and you know it was gave me a lot of opportunity to practice and give and you know I played a little bit of guitar and just gave me enough confidence to just say hey like I know I need to do this I need to do it mm. I can't not do it yeah. and in your blood. It's just, yeah, it's in the blood. You also Did your parents married. support that? You know, like, what was their view of you needing to do that? Um, you know, my dad, I think, thought it was crazy. Uh, but they did come out and see me with various bands when they could. And, you know, they were supportive in that way. And my mom, you know, I she always supported dad. I always had dance lessons. I had piano lessons. I had guitar lessons. I had... You know, she would buy me albums every week. One of her customers at her beauty salon worked at, I think, Ryburn's Records. And she would have her bring me an album every time, every week when she came in. I would get, and it would be anything from, you know, musical theater, which I love, you know, My Fair Lady, Sound of Music, stuff like that. And then also, I mean, she bought me Sgt. Pepper. She bought, and she had no clue about the, the Beatleys, you know. It's like she didn't know any of that. But uh, yeah, supportive in that way for sure. But 
my my well, dad was was uncle mike singing then too yes my my brother my oldest brother was very much into barbershop quartet and barbershop choruses excellent I mean, he's a choir he was a choir director um at his churches and really wonderful singer oh. very talented arranger um so they were you know they liked that and he was successful at it he they traveled all over the country and went to all these different shows and conventions and stuff like that. So, I mean, they knew it was there. Yeah. And my dad was a good singer. My mom had been a singer when she was young with her sister, my Aunt Ruth. They played, like, at the Baker Hotel. I mean, this was like speakeasy days almost, which is so <laughs> cool. Um, and then many years later, Bobby and I with Jeff Grosser played at the Baker Hotel, too, which really felt like a full circle moment <laughs> for me. I was like, my mom used to sing up there. That's so, that's <laughs> well, so it's, it's around you all the time, whether, you know, whether it's lessons or not. I mean, we right. will notice we have not mentioned my father's singing voice in any of this, but the dude can tap his toe to the beat and let <laughs> While we're surrounded by music, it sounds like whether you were thinking about it or not. Exactly. I mean, your dad, my brother, does not fancy himself a singer. I think he probably, he just doesn't have the personality, Mm. the the I don't care-ness that you have to have. Oh, he loves his music. To just be like, (laughs) here it is, take it or leave it. You know, you're going to hate me, you're going to love me, whatever. Don't come back if you hate me. You know, that's okay. You can hate me. But he, yeah, I mean, you grew up, you know, my brother, that brother taught me about Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett and Elvis, you know, and girl groups, like the Chiffons and stuff like that. I was lucky to have those older brothers that also were really into music. So I got a lot of it even at that young age in grade school. That's so cool. And no. you had that, you had that innate ability. You had an ear also. She could, she could, she could pick up those kind of Some things. Some of it's just, it's just a gift, lessons. you know, yeah, it I is mean, it's like, You're I'm right. not, cause I wasn't classically trained, but to be able to have rhythm and to have pitch, you know, not everybody gets that. So no. thanks, you know, thank you. Whoever did that. <laughs> Wherever that came from. Yes. And then you, um, you started, you heard the Beatles. And... The Beatles. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. My sister. My sister Donna, my older sister, um, uh, got the Beatles' second album, I think it was. And I heard Please Please Me, the guitar riff from that, and that was it. It was all over. Okay. <laughs> what does that mean? I know that feeling, but what? that's it. It's all over. What does that mean when you say that? That, that was it. It was in my blood. Music, the sound of a guitar, and just whatever that did to me emotionally, just... It just captured me completely, overwhelmed me, and I just had to play guitar. Just, I had to be in music because yeah. you know, you something just, about that that um, interval, those intervals. Come on, come on! It, I don't, I can't explain it, it really. Caught you, yeah. It, Love at first sight, right? I mean, it, that's the only way that we we have a term to maybe describe, and that's not even a strong enough term. Love at first sight, right? But this is a full body blow, you know? It yes, is. It, is. I mean, it, it just grabs you and it just takes you and it's it's not going to let you go. I, it's taking <laughs> you with it. With It's taking it 
taking you it's with it. It's taking yeah. you on that ride. And, <laughs> right. you get, and then the more you do it, the more addictive it becomes, of course. It truly Especially when it goes well. You know, it goes right. badly. You're like, what was I thinking? But, <laughs> you know, when it goes well and you're like, oh, my God, I need more of that. You know, i got to have more. i got to have more. Oh, yeah. I think of those songs to me, I call them pull over to the side of the road songs. <laughs> you're like driving that. and something comes on the radio and you're like, wait, what? And you just, I can't drive. Like, I just have to pull over and cry or laugh or just like sit in awe. Or scream along it is, with it. Or whatever. scream along and like, <laughs> write the words down really fast. <laughs> you know? Quick, quick. Like that. Yeah. No rewind. No, I was 11 when that happened in my, and, uh, I wanted to take guitar lessons. My folks definitely supported that. So I started taking lessons at 11. Um, bored the hell out of me. Um, and I, <laughs> But I, I had an ear also. I started pretty much started to teach myself. Um, uh, in the 60s and stuff, in the late 60s, when Hendrix came along, I just started learning his albums, you know, destroying the albums, picking up the needle and, you know, doing it over and over and having you three darn copies. Kids. Yeah. You darn kids yeah. with, your, with your internets, you got a real advantage. Oh, my God. <laughs> We're like, we could have been contenders. Yeah, we could have been contenders, <laughs> I tell you. And we, oh. we saw a contender last week. We'll tell you a little more about it if we remember. Oh, my um, God. <laughs> Did we ever? 13-year-old. Um, but, yeah, I and then I went on to get into different types of music, uh, uh, my stepfather, uh, actually my father studied piano with Fats Waller when, when in the forties to take the train down to Chicago and study with him. But my stepfather was a drummer and he, he played a little bit of jazz on the side. And, uh, so he, we constantly had, uh, show tunes, uh, yeah. jazz. Yeah. He uh, grew up in a really musical household real as well. Real musical. My mom played piano as well. And we're both the youngest. So we had the... Right. The extra parenting from those older siblings. He had three sisters. I had two brothers, and they were they were an integral part of it as well. They were. Yeah. My family used to have get-togethers. I mean, aunts and uncles, and on weekends, once a month or so, uh, like like ten of them, and they'd be up all night. I mean, until four in the morning, drinking and singing around the piano, and of course, you know. It, I was upstairs asleep. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> On the stairs, looking music. down, peeking down, right, listening exactly. to the music. Just listening. Right? So I grew up learning a lot of old, old songs yeah. that they just love. Still love all those standards. So, so I did go on to study, though. I did go on to um, uh, Chicago Conservatory, um, uh, downtown Chicago, and also do um, uh, Northern. Northern. Yeah, Northern. NIU. And uh, studied... Um, all types of things, classical music, um, uh, jazz. Just, just wanted to get as much as I could. And, uh, You're both coming from musical environments and starting in, you know, I, I don't love the word lucky, but starting in lucky places, right? I, I look over and there's a piano in my room, right? And I right. exactly. And you're like, oh, let's check and, it. Oh, you like the guitar? Let's go take some lessons, you know? Yeah. It's a really lucky, but also supportive and beautiful place to start that I think is inclusive for a life that continues to involve art, whether it be gig number one or gig number three or what, you know? Right. Right. It does. Yeah. It just keeps on, uh, keeps on evolving. Um, 
as it is now. And and it always does if you let it, you know, if you don't shut yourself off from it and decide that you're, you know, too old or too young or too anything. And part of it is, I mean, you know, yeah. like when we first started, you first started singing, you know, I first got on stage, uh, you're scared to death. You're terrified. Uh, terrified. Even getting together with people to rehearse and you've never done it before. It's like, yeah. what do I do? You know, there's it's no like, rule book. It's, you just it feel so awkward and like everything's going to be wrong and you're never going to, but then little by little, suddenly you have the tude, you know? <laughs> Well, your talent comes out too, and you get appreciation from the other people. And that feedback, you have to do it because that feedback is what makes it continue. Yeah. Yeah, not just the feedback from the audience, feedback from other musicians, from your uh, other fellow artists. Yeah. Um, Yeah, absolutely. What were those, even maybe it's around the time you all first met each other, even before that, what do those early gigs look and sound right like i'm i'm hearing coffee houses so i'm picturing folk but i don't know if that's true right we're we're talking about jazz you know are we switching venue to venue what we're playing and who we're playing with um you know the music of the times is of mm-hmm. course what it is is that feeding into what you all are playing what what's the, what are those early days looking like around here well, Not early days of the earth. I mean, early days. <laughs> the cave. Oh, right. Really nice cave. Nice sunlight. Um, no. <laughs> uh, well, my very, my very first band that I found, that we found through the Illinois Entertainer. Um, we played, there were some, there were some clubs back then that had, like we played a couple places in Aurora that had big stages. And so we were playing, um, we play in Schomburg, like hotel bars. We play, so it was a lot of pop music, a little bit of country, but you know, more like current pop, a little bit of rock, you know, stuff that people want to hear, like songs of the of the day. Um, they were all, you know, they were all cover bands at that point, so it wasn't like we were not recreating any wheels, but we we're just playing music to make people happy and help us find jobs and make money and get to play. Um, the grocery, and then like with the warehouse and the grocery store, like this was, it was also called the Kimball Street Bridge Club, which yes. none of this is there anymore. It's all torn down in like, I don't know, parking lot or empty lot probably. But, um, yeah, they had like two different venues. So there was, a, I had friends that were jazzers that would play there Tuesday nights and we would, you know, all my, mm-hmm. my restaurant people, friends and all the musicians from there and. And your Uncle Tom, and we'd go there every Tuesday night and hang out with their friends, listen to jazz. On the other side, we had friends that were in country bands, like when Amy Lou Harris and Linda Ronstadt and all that stuff. Of course, that was like, oh, I couldn't get enough of that. <laughs> and uh, so there's bands like Flame and Red, and you know, with Amy Lou Harris, and learned so much more about country music and steel guitar, and and fell in love with that too. So that was a big part. And then you know, I worked some like dinner theater gigs being the entertainment between acts and that was all you know standards and show tunes and you know just a little bit of whatever that little dinner theater crowd might like to hear when they go down at intermission and get their drink and then hopefully you persuade them to stay for an hour or two after the play (laughs) so that was fun a lot of stuff on the south side some like 
kind of mafia bars in Chicago and <laughs> entertainment because this was more of a duo thing I was doing at the time. And, that, and I was doing that full time. I was doing that five nights a week. Yeah. Bob was playing country music at one point. Oh, for, oh my six God. Six nights a week and six days a week <laughs> rehearsal. Oh, it was crazy. Have you seen the bolo ties and the cowboy hats? And yeah. Oh, I got a closet full of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, saw, you saw our wall of shame, too, yeah, right. with all our yeah. promo pictures. So. <laughs> <laughs> the boy's been in a lot of bands. <laughs> God. Yeah. So many. So many. The first gigs, you know, for me, the beginning ones, it was like, you know, Three, four guys down on the south side. We were, we were teenagers. We'd play at teen clubs, um, usually Sunday evening, something like that. <laughs> you know, they'd have it five till nine, and then we're going to escort you home. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, just playing commercial music for the most part and getting our toes wet, you know, in the water, trying it out. <clears throat> uh, when I moved up here and got to know some of the guys we played, Different places, I got involved with a band, an original band, um, did original music out of Belgium. Uh, Mike Hoskins and Joe Wild was called, called Hoskins and Wild. It was pretty heavy rock, but it was all original. And we would play, again, it would be coffee houses, like there was the, the place in Carpentersville, the Judd. And uh, places like the Colloquy would have uh, rock and jazz also. But... Uh, you know, that lasted for a while, and then I eventually ended up going on the road uh, at 18. At 18. Yeah, for about a year. That was a mess. Uh, <laughs> learning the hard way, just going all over the country with a husband and wife team and their kids in a, you know, in a bus. It was a mess. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's good. Get me out of here. You don't even want to hear, the, you don't even want to hear those stories. No, that, that sounds horrible no matter your age. Like, yes, yeah. don't try this at home. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't try this at home. Right? Try yeah, this go out on the road and try it. Don't um, do this in your life. I always say it's just as important to learn what you don't want to do as it is to learn what you do. Very true. How true. Very you, true. The earlier you learn it, the better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Then... Yeah, I came off of that, which was, yeah, it was just commercial music as well. Um, uh, the hits of the day uh, with a drum machine. <laughs> and I came off the road, and I think that's when I got involved in Dave Gibson and Hackenbush. It was uh, at Nashville North in Bensonville, but it was um, six nights a week, a country band. Um, we were the house band there for years. Um, Dave Gibson went on to uh, be pretty good Nashville writer writing for Alabama and many other people um, uh, I think it was not long after that huh. Jeff Grosser not long after that yeah, yeah. I went, yeah. On, went on another road thing with uh, Steger doing the uh, a show band oh yeah he did oh, some show right. bands with you know the matching suits oh and the, my god the fros and what i call i call them cracker shoes cracker you know, shoes. The, the, the heels cracker shoes just made you taller and there was a band called cracker that wore them so they're not cracker shoes like no 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 because we so white <laughs> but we were by the way well they were that wasn't Excuse why me. that wasn't why they were cracker shoes but you both we mentioned Jeff Grosser, who, of course, I have now become friends with and have worked with in totally different ways. And, right. of course, you know, is still involved in multiple scenes in Elgin. He started the Talent Fest for high school kids around here, which, of course, the last couple of years hasn't 
happened, but was a really wonderful platform to see kids perform anything from music to their yo-yo skills to (laughs) dance. It has been one of my favorite events. I love it. Oh, just getting 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 on stage. He was on the Elgin Cultural Arts Commission for years, which is really how I, you know, ran into him in the first place. And of course, I know your aunt. And it took a while before I truly understood how well you oh. But um, t- so tell me about meeting Jeff and your t- your all time together and, and how that shakes down. You start. Well, because <laughs> you I started. Met, I met Jeff because I worked at the Village Squire in Dundee, and he used to play there. I've met a lot of my closest friends to this day at the Village Squire in Dundee. If I may um, interject for Jeff. Sure. Jeff had a gorgeous, gorgeous voice. What yes, an incredible did. singer. A beautiful oh my God. tenor voice. And sorry. Yeah, yeah. It, he was he was wonderful. Oh, he was yeah. wonderful, and he's a wonderful writer too. Yes, he is. Um, but anyway, so we knew each other, and he mostly did a single act, and then he had written some songs, and he got accepted into a contest. Uh, which what Wrangler Wrangler Jeans Country Star Search? Yeah, yeah, like a Star Search yeah. thing. So he got chosen, and he's like, "Well, I don't have a band, right?" So he asked me to come and I sang harmonies and then um, some other friends, Bruce Waters and Larry Johnson. Larry Johnson was our drummer and then Steve Green. Steve Green was our bass player. And so we went to the first contest and we won. And then our bass player freaked out and said, I can't do this for why I don't know what you know, I don't know all the details of why, but he couldn't. So our guitarist said, Well I know somebody that can fill in and play bass and that somebody was Bobby <laughs> and so Bobby joined us Steve Love Bobby joined us and we went to the next contest and won that so the next step is we all went to Nashville together so like our first real gig was at the Grand Old Opera at the Ryman <laughs> Auditorium um, <laughs> and we did not win that time but um, <laughs> but it was definitely a bonding experience and we became a band and we stayed a band we played for a year or two together. A year or two, I can't really remember. Played yeah. some, you know, festivals and we played, like I said, at the Baker Hotel and, <laughs> and that was kind of country but some original tunes of Jeff's too. I mean, quite a few. And we mixed uh, in. Good yeah. songs and then we, you know, everybody sang, everybody played and it was a fun band and we, yeah, it was. we did some recording yeah. Um, we had a lot of fun, but and because of that band Well Bobby because and, of that band. Well because, and because of because you of Sweet, <laughs> Well, because of Sweetwater. When we were in Nashville, we were there for three days, two days, actually full days. Um picture a whole holiday and full of musicians from every state. A band from every state. A band in the from every state we're in the country. Alaska, Hawaii, everywhere. It was ugly. Oh my <laughs> and it was God. beautiful. Right. We, they had us backstage at at the the Opry, on you know bleachers, sitting there all day long. You know, you're called and you go do makeup or you go out Maybe. front because you know. they made a television show. Yeah, it was oh, a television show contest. So, oh. and so we all got to know each other pretty well. Yeah. We were all just stuck there and stuck just, in a room together just, for like two days. We're musicians. We got to do, doing something here. At night, the first night, we were all staying in the same hotel, Holiday Inn down in Nashville, and. There was a bar with a band, of course, 
<laughs> and of course, all the musicians are in the bar. So that's all who's in the bar. And uh, Mel's sitting there going, <laughs> I came to Nashville and all I get to do is sing oohs and ahs. Ooh, I'm uh, in there. <laughs> So Bruce Waters, our guitarist, went, I was being okay, I got this. <laughs> he went up to the band and said, can we sit in? we got a, we got a room full of musicians here from all over the country. So, Mel wants to sing so some Mel songs. Mel wants to sing some songs. <laughs> and so we took over the stage, and then we all, you know, we did probably, what, five or six songs? Five or six songs. And... and and like the band from Alabama would get up. And, and then the every other band in the room was like, wait, 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 wait. Uh, we'll go down. I mean, this house band was the happiest they'd ever been because <laughs> right. they're getting paid. They're exactly. exactly. like, knock yourselves out. It's <laughs> from that, because of because of uh, Mel doing that, because at that point. being such a diva. Yeah. There, it was the, the club in the Holiday Inn was called Sweetwater. Um, and... Uh, the, the drummer, Larry Johnson, and Bruce Waters and I also formed, an, formed another band that was going at the same time as the Grocer Band. It was called, we called it Sweetwater because of the bar. And, uh, That's where you got fall. your start. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they were together for years. Years, and years. Yeah. And playing another house gig yeah, and doing the Jeff Grocer yeah. Band on the side. Um, yeah. Commercial music, mostly commercial. Oh. The stuff that was hot at the time, you know, yeah. rock, pop. A lot of country, a lot of rock. A lot of country, a lot of a few, rock. A few originals. Yeah. And Funny the... originals, mostly, but. <laughs> you know, some of the stuff is, yeah, too P.I. <laughs> the, it used to surprise me about, well, I'm in this band and this band, or this band lasted a year and then this lasted 20 or whatever, you know, and through the years of side street doing music, I now have seen those bands come and go and form it, you know, and, um, have different iterations and now look at it as, you know, just because a relationship ends doesn't mean it wasn't successful or it was a failure or exactly. whatever. Right. What do those bands lifespans mean? You know, what, what do those mean in the, in the view of your longer musical careers, you know, in that kind of, Wow, that's there's so many different. I mean, different I mean, reasons. Yeah, for I mean, for changing. me, my first band I was probably with for about a year, year and a half, um, and then I met the person that would become my husband, and that didn't go over very well with the person that I was in a band with. So, um, <laughs> but by that time, I had already had another offer from this this uh, other person that I had met through that band who had a duo and his partner was leaving. So that's when I was doing like the dinner theater. And that was, that was called the partnership. Um, and that was full time. And, and I worked with John for probably almost a year and a half, a good year. And that was just, it got to be too much. So that's when I started working. I, I left that and I started working the Squire and meeting those people and just kind of, working around like I had some like some jobbing dates I would go sing with a jazz band I would go be you know the cameo uh girl singer with different house bands well the featured artists like featured it, uh, artists that's like, what it like is country bars and stuff <laughs> featured like artists yeah. you know I'd go play a week with somebody <laughs> and then one of the we played some bars 
out in like in Hampshire. There were country bars out there because we were doing a lot of country. And through that, I became part of their house band. And then when that ended, because who knows why, new owners and stuff. But the band that had started at the Old Starks, it was called, but we called it the, the Opry Zone. Yeah. The Opry Zone, because it was kind of like the Twilight Zone, but in a country way. And so we had called ourselves the Lost Opry Zone Rangers. And then we stayed together and called it the Zone Rangers. And finally, it was just the Rangers. And we were together for six or seven years. Well, and we, played. we played three and four nights a week. And we were house band at, you know, you'd have a month or two months at some bowling alley or Look, whatever. Frontier. But frontier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Kelly's Pub at the right. Frontier Lanes or whatever. Right. But it was fun. And those guys, again, those guys are still family to me and I to them. You know, all of us. Most of us were married, and our, the, you know the band wives, including my band husband, <laughs> wife, would they would just come out and see us for a few minutes. They're like, "Yeah, old news," and then they would go out and just have themselves <laughs> a grand old time. And I, uh, again, I've seen the photographic evidence of Uncle Tom surrounded <laughs> by women not looking on Tom. Right. My husband Tom. Right. Aaron's Uncle Tom was, um, we were married for 40 years. He passed away a few years ago. Uh, but yes, he we had to be more patient than he ever wanted to be. <laughs> and he would, but he would leave with all the wives, so that sweetened it a little bit for him. And the guys that were left with just me on stage were looking like, wait, what? Why am I, why am I here? And he's, ugh, never mind. It was like that a lot. But we were, yeah, we were just one big whacked out family. So oh, yeah. that was, that was probably my longest band. And then I was with a band called Street Corner Blue, which was a blues R&B. I got stepped away from it for a while. Great band. And then I was with Street Corner for about three years. And they've, they've been a band for 25 years. I mean, those guys are the exception that they have these yes. three horn players. True. Called, they call themselves the Horn Toads, and they've known each other. Some of them, the form, you know, right? They like, they're still around. They're still Street oh, yeah. Corner Blue is still playing. I mean, they've got gigs booked this summer. Yeah, they do. They have. Um, and yeah. and again, they've had like they did a twenty year reunion, and all the musicians that had ever been in that band, like you're talking about, right? They right. had been through, you know, different singers, different different everybody other than the horns, different music, you know, music directors, different. This is a bigger band. It's like an eight-piece band. Oh yeah, the la the um, so, the newest bass player is the bass player from my last band back in Illinois. Um, he joined Pirates Street Over Corner. Forty was Pirates another Over, right. that Bob was with for twenty years. I mean, it's just so <clears throat> incestuous. It, it, it's I, I do call it bandcest because <laughs> uh, it's like that with all the bands. We all know each other. We're all family. It's just it's it's like baseball and, teams when you get right down to it. You yeah. Know, sort of trading you can just you can relate to each other you know each other's history and it's like like yeah. good marriages or something after a while you find the people that you oh it isn't like a marriage you enjoy you know you enjoy each other's company and you might spit and spat sometimes but <laughs> you really was like well i'd still rather be with these guys you know yeah. there's artistic differences you know right. but you learn right. to deal with that as if you can be as calm and open as possible um without letting your own artistic uh, ideas yeah. get stomped on. Right. You can make it work. And that's how bands come up with some of these formulas. You know, there's so many bands, like the stuff we saw about Crosby, Stills, and Nash, you've yeah. recently seen that. They, they 
Oh, God. In some ways, they hated each other. They had all kinds of problems. But But they, you know... They made it work. Or Fleetwood Mac, you know? I mean... Oh, yeah. Hello, I'm going to write this horrible song about you, and I'm going to make you play it. The Eagles? (laughs) But you're going to make a lot of money. Right. Right. And Lindsay's like, okay. I see as a a fan, again, around here, I, you know, I've told you all, we get really spoiled now when I have to go to a concert and be far away. I'm disgusted. Like I get to be right up close with absolutely uh, in my space all the time, you know? So now when I'm at a, you know, bigger concert and I'm far away, I'm like, well, this blows, but (laughs) no, you couldn't be more right. (laughs) Even worse. Sitting in the wings. Right. Behind. Oh, you when, when uh, oh just everything's rocking, it's like there's no place on earth that yeah. I am happier. We used to do opening acts around the country when I was with uh, Susie Dobbs and uh, Way Out West. I mean, we were opening for major acts, you know, concerts. Are, and once you've been up there and on the sides there, it's, yeah, yeah. you're right. A concert is yeah. sort of yeah. it's like <laughs> it's Brooks and Don and Toby oh. Keith and Keith Urban and like you know go oh, jamming with them yeah, yeah. and <laughs> and yeah they're sitting in with the band that he's running you know I mean that's like that's heady it's heady stuff yeah, <laughs> and, uh, we also love big music festivals and you know had all our rhythms and stuff down and over the years by the headliners at the night we'd be heading home because we got there at 10 to get up close <laughs> right yeah. a new band that we would fall in love with and th- there's one band that we both really love called heartless bastards and they were early in the day one day and it was just so we're both crying you know the bright sun on a beach <laughs> and there's like there should be 5,000 people there, but there's a hundred of you there. Yes. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That That's the best. That we're, just, we're missing so much now. It's, I feel this, you know, I come from a dance background. I feel the same way about dance performance. When I'm separated from performance now, it is not as exciting to me oh, as no. in the round, in the same room, seeing oh. sweat fly and, and that kind of thing. Um, well, you feed off of each other. You really do. You really do. And it's just, it's such an important, important part of uh, performing, no matter what and, you do. You know, and, and I really <clears> applaud <throat> everyone that has tried to make the best of a bad situation and find new ways to be creative. I mean, you guys are prime examples of that. Yes. But, you know, all kinds of virtual performances that our friends are doing and that Bob and I have done, I mean, whether it's Facebook or there's something we've done a couple of oh. times, um, a place based out of Woodstock, yes. Woodstock Opera House. It's called offsquaremusic.org. They're also a not-for-profit, and they do a Saturday um, open, open mic right. every Saturday, and they'll have like six or eight different performers or duos or whatever, and they each do a couple songs. Um, and it's good for, over Zoom, so, you know, everybody mute. Somebody's going to play now, and then – and it's – it's really fun, and it is kind of it gives you a little bit of that sense of community it's because really, you can yeah. talk afterwards, you know, with each other. But what they're doing is not strictly music either. Like last week, uh, um, well, yeah, there it, was a lot some, of his there was a guy reading his poetry, some beautiful poetry, um, um, in every genre, a lot yeah. of folk, but I yeah. mean, like standards, old timey stuff, you know traditional Irish and Scottish music. Right. And then oh. we're doing like a little bit of blues or country or whatever. Yeah. 
It's fun. That's something that it's good for people to know about. The Woodstock Opera House really has a lot of trying to do a lot of things like that and keep keep it alive keep the community until alive. they can open yeah. back up. I'm in particular worried about who. So so many of our artists who would come here for ballet bands or any of the music performances year round were young, were teenagers and in their twenties. Um, are teenagers in, in their 20s and it's the kind of thing you know everyone's hooking up and it is what it is and then it starts and you're like man the kid the magic of the youth you know and yeah. how brave they are to write something new and do it in front of people and oh gosh, yes. get their friends together to come see them or to play with them <clears throat> I'm I I'm worried about them just staying in their basements or in their garages now and not feeling that that pull to get out. I just I want them to hang on to it because they need to feel that thing in the room with people who are like, yeah, man, you're doing this right now. And it's yes, amazing. Yes. Exactly. To get that actually energy back happening for your own time. mistakes, right? To, yes. Right. Yes. Are different when your work is in front of other people for the first time. And then to go back and become more of who you are and who your voice is. I'm I'm missing watching those evolutions as well. Right. right. And there is a certain, you know, it's it's like it, it's gonna be hard for a lot of people to pull away from that agoraphobia basically yes um because there's a certain complacency when you're you're recording something you know like there's facebook live but you can also just record a video and watch it and then oh i don't know let's tweak this or that you know and then <laughs> and it kind of feels like cheating in a way we have been I guilty mean, we've, we've been guilty of it <laughs> yeah. do things two or three times and yeah. pick the one that we like best but there's it's not the same as just being like, all right, here we go, people. And uh, oh, yeah, that's what the off-square music thing is, is. It's just live. You know, it's just like, well, here it is. Like it or don't like it. You're entitled. <laughs> and it might be terrible, but at least we're doing it. And they're very, anybody that looks into that, everyone is invited. And they've had, you know, a lot of people are our age, even older. But there's been a few younger people that yeah. clearly, and these are not, professional musicians all of them some there are, are people yeah. that some are and then some are just amazing and then others are just like getting started or just something they love and they have something they want to share it's a hobby they've had very their whole life. welcoming yeah. community of people so it really is it's lovely it's open anybody there. that would be interested in that they would be more than welcomed that's great yeah um that goes to you two are kind of in the place that Tanner and I have been for this past year, almost year and a half now of living with the person you're kind of working with too, you know, we'll take, we'll take love and romance out of the equation because those are easy to talk about and gush over and all of it. (laughs) But you two have come back together in a really magical way. And in this last year, I've had no choice but to, if you want to work and create, do it together in this house. Right, right. Um, right. So how, how has that all happened and, and worked out for you? And, and what's it doing to your processes and your performing? Um, you want to kick off? I don't one? know. I would say we've, you know, Bob and I knew each other all these years, but we realized when we started talking after we had both lost our you know, our, our spouses, um, 
within a few years of each other. And we realized we had never talked to each other one-on-one. We're always with a band or with a group of people or it just, you know, it wasn't a big deal. We were just friends and we, so we've had this time, you know, for us, we're some of the lucky ones that we're comfortable. We have a comfortable place to live and we really enjoy each other's company. And we've been able to have that break in a way, maybe it was kind of good for us to have that. Um, But now we're really trying to get back out there. And I think we're, we've learned, I guess that said, we only knew each other in the context of someone else's band. Right. And now we're trying to figure out what is our band? What band do we want to have, be it a duo or, or find somebody? We did join a band out here right before, right as COVID was hitting. And we did play with them. We played, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 gigs with 15, them. 15, 20 gigs. Yeah, when it opened up, when it, it when, opened up really quickly. And it opened up way quicker we than we ready. thought it was going to. Like, yeah. And finally, you know, I'm also a registered nurse. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not comfortable being part of the problem. Yeah. The problem being encouraging people to come out and see us play live music yeah. more so than being worried about what was going to happen to me. I just didn't, I, I couldn't reconcile that. In yeah. my right. So we stepped away from it in, uh, what, October? I think we played with them from like April to October. Hold on. Say hi. Ruin the podcast for us. Hey, <laughs> Tanner. Hi, T-Dog. How hey you there. doing? <laughs> Okay. Did, like, did you get him? Yeah. He locked his keys in his car. So oh, just, oh, never mind. I won't ask any more questions. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I get to go deal with some loud neighbors. So. <laughs> Bye. Now have fun. Bye. <laughs> Sorry, everyone, for the interruption. <laughs> like I said, family. Riff raff. <laughs> It has to be comic relief, you know. Anyway, um, so Bobby, how do you feel about working with me this past year? Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. Enough about me. Tell me me more about me. me. Thank you. There it is. (laughs) Yeah, we... When we first started talking, um, we realized how much we had in common musically as well. Um. Uh, or likes and dislikes of things. And it, it was one of those things that really amazed us the more we found out about each right. other. And honestly, when we, you know, first together when I moved out here and we were married and COVID hit, we we did that band for a bit. We, we were somewhat unmotivated because we didn't have a target at this point. We right. didn't know when we could start playing. We weren't yeah. sure when we could find other musicians that would want to play what we wanted to, which is... Which we're still going we're back still and forth on exactly on, what we're what we wanted to. Just, uh, some yeah. originals we're writing a little bit. We're writing a little, but um, you know that's one thing that makes me makes me sad for the people that you're talking about that are in their teens yes. and twenties because that's a hard time to have that taken away from you. Yeah, you know those so, are formative years as an artist. And and, and you know. the people you meet, some of those people might be part of your life for the rest of your life, and if you don't get to meet them. Right. It's hard. I mean, I'm sure there will be other people, but it's just such a missed opportunity. Anyway. Yeah, on, like, like, like not, no, it's okay. Like, uh, not having the chance to go to your graduation, it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and but even uh, more, <laughs> even worse. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> but the, but graduation you know, sucks. So, yeah, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's summer. This if you didn't hot. go, you didn't miss a thing. Just 
Trust me on this. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, so oh, I went down the wrong way. There. Okay. <laughs> Can't take me anywhere. <laughs> but actually, we're finding it actually quite easy to work together. When we work on stuff, um, uh, really not any Can issues we... other than trying to choose material. We're, we're starting to um, look at the idea of a duo and tracks. Uh, so, uh, you know, just, just recently, this Which last neither year. of us have ever, we've always been band people. Right? Yeah, yeah. We, you know? we prefer so the, uh, you know, the energy things happening of, right there. You know, yeah, and not, you know, not having to be a slave to the tracks that you put down. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, okay, I want to do this for another 16 bars, but I can't because the music ended. <laughs> right. It's, um, so, we're starting to write some tracks and just, just mess with it a little bit. You know, just I getting see. a good sound. And, and one thing we that did help us is that when Bob moved here to Arizona, like October, and then COVID kind of hit in March, April. But at least that first bit, you know, we were so excited to like have this time together yeah. and wanted to just go out and meet people, you know. And and so right. there were some jam sessions. There's uh, so much music out here, Mesa, Arizona, Chandler. It's unbelievable. It's How open many, up to it's, it's it's everywhere. I have never seen so seven many seven days venues. a week. Three bands in a club a three day. Three bands on a Friday. Three bands on a Saturday. It's two bands crazy. on a Sunday. And it, we're talking 20, 30, 40 places. It's just insane. Is that but, weather or pop, pop? What do you what do you attribute that to? I think some of it is tourist stuff. Uh huh. Uh huh. Um, you know, it's a draw for these places. And, you know, and again, they're opening up now. So a lot of it is singles and duos and stuff because clubs, the clubs don't have money. They weren't, couldn't operate at full capacity right. and, you know, they can only do so much. So it's like COVID money, you know, it's not yeah. like money, money. Yeah. I don't know but, if it's just part of the attitude of the general public wanting to go out and hear that much live music that has something to do yeah, with I it mean, as well. Every place we go is they're busy, you know? I mean, they're as busy it's, as they can be. It's wild. And jam sessions. There's one or two jam sessions at different bars almost every single night. Yeah, throughout the valley. It's and, it's amazing. Yeah, and wow. we were able to do some of that and meet some people before the lockdown started. So that helped a lot because, you know, that's how we ended up in the band we were in. Oh, yeah. Um, from going to jam sessions and just meeting people, so you, you just get up and they say, "Okay, just, what do you want to do? What do you want to do?" do you and mean, you know, you know, know say, well, you... need a bass player and a drummer here. Let's let's let yeah. it roll. And so that was talk about interaction. You're meeting people you've never met. Yeah, and they finding, might know the song. You might be teaching them the song you as might you're be playing. Like yeah, showing you know, right. yelling the chords to them, <laughs> right. or you know, doing you know, one, numbers whatever, for what yeah. chord they should be playing live on stage but it's exhilarating it i mean really it's is. just you know it's, it's just amazing to it's, do so it's a lovely thing we're it's finally just... getting to be able to do that again and if there's you know anytime you get a chance to go to a jam if you really love music and want to be a musician or a vocalist or whatever do it that's the place to be jump in jump and in and just do it just yeah. do it and don't if be you afraid sound, you know if you sound whack Trust me, everybody else up there sounded pretty whack the first few times they did it, you know? <laughs> right. And it's just, and most people are just in that, the people that go to those things are, again, very welcoming. They want you to do good. They want to support you, you know, and they want to help you and yeah. teach All you levels. and learn from you. 
so many levels, yeah. different levels of musicianship. Um, Absolutely. Uh, and but so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> We're uh, we checked out a country jam session on Sunday night here, just last Sunday night, uh, which was great. It was great. like real old timey country. Yeah. It was really cool. And then, uh, they did a lot of <clears throat> classic rock and, and different things, but and then they had. Huh. Um, a little guitarist come up who is I mean little he's 13 he looks like he's about <laughs> 8 8 or yeah, 9 he's tiny. A tiny little guy with a tiny little guitar on his back like a total gunslinger <clears throat> and he got up there and did a couple songs and we're like meh um, and then I realized later he probably never sung those songs before he's like singing some Johnny Cash and he's you know he's 13 so it's like I fell into a burning ring of fire, you know, uh, but, <laughs> but, and plus he just like didn't know it. And so then he comes up later. Well, later on in the night, he's up there. What did they play? Hotel, Hotel California. California. He sang it and played the whole there, lead the whole with lead the other guitarist. With the other guitarist. Who's in his thirties and it just, it just nailed it. And then after that, somebody else is up there. We look up. Here's Gavin behind the drum kit. Got behind the drum. Holding it down. Bob's like, I didn't even realize he was up there. It was so in the pocket. Oh, that's beautiful. And like, by the time we left, we're like, holy crap. <laughs> Who is this kid, you know? He's there with his parents and yeah. his little brother. And they, you know, they got all this equipment. In his hardcore country bar on a Sunday night. And he is <laughs> rocking out. He was. Oh, my God. It was incredible. So... Man, you never know what you're going to see. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. Phenomenal. He was like star of the bar. Oh, wow. yeah. Everybody loved him. He was, yeah. um, because you're mentioning that, just to put you two on the spot, because I think it's important. And we might be able to do some math, but how how old are you two? <laughs> together? or Do the math. <laughs> do the math, Aaron. Yeah, you don't want to know how old we are together. <laughs> important to be even I am a, even I have been like well if you get to this age and you're not doing so you know like that's I've thrown that away out of my brain now or or yeah. you're too young to do something or you're too and I it's all bullshit Anything. that's why too I white, too black too green it doesn't matter oh, old whatever if you still have the desire to do it and you can do it I do mean, it yeah. <laughs> and I mean I'll pick you know I'll choose songs that I think are they translate to my advanced age. You know what I mean? I'm not, there's certain things that I'm just not going to sing anymore because it would be stupid. But, but now <laughs> eyes, I'm really getting, like but I'm really singing. getting into singing blues. Yeah. And the blues is totally ageless and it's so much fun. Yeah. So I am a very youthful 65. <laughs> right, Aaron? Oh, yeah. My, <laughs> my husband. We'll just say that he was a senior when I was a freshman. So no, that's <laughs> a senior in high school. A senior in high school, not <laughs> yeah, not a senior in college. Maybe, yeah, wait, not a yeah. senior or in college. Not an over sixty-five senior. Wow, you kids go to school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stay in school. Stay. In school. I went to school. I just degree. I mean, it's just, I think so often, especially in regards to performance, it takes a lot out of you, whether you're singing or dancing or True. acting or whatever it is, it takes a lot out of you. And so I think because of that, there's a more youthful stigma put sure. on it that doesn't, tr it doesn't translate. It doesn't translate to how you feel as a performer right. and what you're capable of as a performer. Right. 
And, and that's why I bring that up. That, yeah, it doesn't translate at all. As, as a matter of fact, when it, it's, it's harder as far as the equipment goes, hauling equipment when you're older. Um, that's just a pain. Um, and it's <laughs> but the, starting to downsize, like by yeah. finally buying some new stuff that does not weigh seventy pounds. You know, I mean, it's like yeah, it's just but, but we're starting to do that. And which, yeah. You know, and, but our last gig with that band that we played with Arizona Avenue, you know, we knew it was going to be our last gig. But we, oh my God, I was just so exhilarated on that gig. We, we just it was like because we knew, like but, we didn't care. We yeah. just like throw it out there. We didn't have to worry and about being around COVID anymore. And the no, musicians we were like, didn't we're care. so relieved that we were going to be done. But we, you know, they're great guys. We love them. Yeah. It just wasn't, it wasn't going to happen for us right then. And we, he gets on, and we were like, and We were literally wow. jumping up and down on we stage like, and stuff like that. That was so good. <laughs> were you sore so- for a couple days after? Were you sore for, oh, I mean, yeah. Well, that I exhilaration mean, stays with you. Oh, honestly, yeah, you know. Like, you know. you're not bouncing around the way you did when you were 20, right? Yeah. Like, he is very bouncy. Sometimes accidentally do that, though. And yeah. it's like, oh, no, the music took me out today. Yeah. I'm like, creak, creak. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Get out the ibuprofen now. It's not just a shaker that's, anymore. That's one thing you learn. <laughs> you learn. Take the ibuprofen before right. and uh-huh. after. And after. Uh, and see. the next day. Hello. <laughs> the things we <laughs> learn. More <laughs> life lessons. Yeah. Um, we are running out of time, but I feel like you two are always prepared for a song. If I Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, do you care to close us out with a tune here? Do you want to? Do you want do you to? want to do what? Okay. Pretend like we didn't talk about it. Yeah, we oh, never, let's uh, be humble. That's it. That's... You know me better than that. <laughs> Enough about us. Want to hear some more? All right. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes. Shockingly enough, we did talk about it, and uh, so we've been trying. We've been toying with the idea of starting to do some writing, which is not something I had ever done before. Just a few years ago, I was triggered by multiple emotions. And uh, was writing poetry and been trying to write some songs, but so that's still work in progress. But we're listening to some old tapes of Bob's, and I'm like, wait, someone's been holding out on me. There's a couple songs on here I really like, <laughs> and uh, he's like, what? Okay, so we um, <clears throat> are working on a couple of them, but we did this one the other night, so we'll see. It's it's far from perfect, but it's you know. It is what it is. It needs a band. It's a, it needs a band. You always need a band. It needs a, a band. band. I need love. Love a band. <laughs> ah, too much else. So anyway, this is a kind of a, I turned it into a blues tune. It was, I guess it was already a blues tune. I think so. It's, I think it's more of a cautionary tale from a woman's perspective. And it, what's it called again? What did we decide? Because what I wrote here I think is wrong. Uh, I think it's called... Take her. Take her for granted. Right. It used yeah. to be called take it for granted, but now it's called take her for granted. She renamed take it. Take her she for did granted. Nice tweaking I'm on a bossy this, little but... thing. All right. Ready? Ooh, yeah. When your lover needs your touch, she may never, never say as much. Not as much as a word, not a word to let you know 
listen with your heart and with your soul. Ow. One minute she's up, the next she's down. Got your head spinning, going round and round and round. And it might make you think that somehow Love's gone wrong But if she's quiet Don't you grieve No, you gotta give her the love All the love that she really needs If you take her for granted You can take it for granted She'll be gone Now the green grass is better on another side. Boy, you got so much to learn. You might think that your heart has been broken, but it's only your pride. Better take my advice and stay right next to her. So if you love her, then say it clear. Whisper those sweet words she's longing to hear. If you take it for granted, you can take her for granted. Well, you'll be wrong. Whoa, so wrong. If you take her for granted, you can take it for granted. She'll be gone. Ow! Listen up, boy. <laughs> Take her for granted her by for Mr. Granted. Bobby Swaggart. Ah, uh, no, and Melba Swaggart as well. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, you're welcome, Thank baby. You. We love it. We love you. Hello. Love Side love Street. You. Yes. Um, it, it, can people find you anywhere if they want to find more of your music? Should they just Facebook stalk you or what should they do? They can Facebook stalk <laughs> us as uh, Bob Swigart or uh, yeah. Melva Rayberg Schultz Swigart. Just and look up Melva. There's like three. Actually, Melva. soon they could probably find us by the, yeah. we did come up we, with a band name. We came up with a band name. Hopefully it will Got be. Cards. Um, a, it'll be a duo or maybe it'll be a band in the name of our band we we cracked ourselves up for hours thinking of horrible names but the name we decided on is probably in a bar because <laughs> we're not always in a bar but we're probably in a bar i'm mel this is bobby and we're probably in a bar <laughs> oh my god that's ridiculous <laughs> Right? <laughs> we got cards and everything, yeah, Aaron. Do. I'll tell you what. Get that merch. You got to yeah, get that get merch. Merch to be just coming. Get the merch. Merch be coming. We think we need a song list first. But yeah, we should probably have some songs. like yeah. a little bit of that going on. But. We got that one. <laughs> so, Almost. So look it up. <laughs> probably in a bar. Probably in a bar. Thank you, probably in a bar, for joining me. <laughs> thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Connected. Check us out. Rate us. Find everyone. Support the arts and the music from Illinois to Arizona and beyond.
Connected is a Side Street Studio Arts production. Music by Tanner Melvin. Produced by Nick Mataragas. To find out more about Connected and all the great things Side Street Studio Arts offers, please visit sidestreetstudioarts.org.